Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to the Masters of Modern Podcast. I am your host, Ben Bateman, because Alex Kessler, the guy who usually introduces the show, is in London right now. So I'm here talking to you guys about what's going on in MTG. Uh, We've got a fun show today coming up. We're going to be talking a little bit about some of the big, uh, the arena announcements that have been going on and and kind of uh, the future of arena, how it relates to to MTGO, what that means for modern possibly online eventually. And then also we are going to have Craig Blanchett, who's a command zone guy. A lot of you guys probably know Craig, uh, to come on here and talk to us a little bit about sort of just the dearth at this point of eternal products that have been introduced the power level of those cards, and aside from old-school legacy cards that we don't want to see in modern, what's it going to take to eventually see those cards legal in a format that either is or isn't modern? Because most of them are four drops that are really powerful, but as we've seen with Jason Bloodbraid, those four drops don't seem to matter. So let's keep talking about that. Uh, In the meantime, guys, I want to remind everybody, check out the Masters of Modern Facebook page. Uh, We have a group and a page. They're available on Facebook. Lots of interaction there. Check out the Patreon. That's a big one right now, guys. We have not really like actively or aggressively promoted the Patreon in quite a while. Patreon.com slash the MMCast. We we need your support to keep this thing going. Uh, So just even a a buck or two a month. uh, We in in the the second half of the season, we're going to be making sure we're going to be getting a lot more uh, you know pros and guests and things like that on the show. So um, you know help us help us keep the thing going. Uh, That's gonna it's gonna do that. If you want to follow the podcast on Twitter at the MMCast, you can follow me at Ben Bateman Media. And you can follow Alex, even though he's not here, at Kess Wiley. All right. That's my 90 seconds of shout outs. Let's get into the show. We've got Michael Grothy coming on the show. All right, guys. Be right back. All right. As mentioned, we welcome Michael Grothy to the show. We're going to talk about what's going on with uh, MTG Arena, kind of uh, just the future of it and some of the big announcements. You guys Hi, know everybody. Michael. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. Yeah. So, uh, Big stuff happened. It's Pro Tour Dominaria as we speak right now. And uh, it looks like there have been some updates to the future of Arena. The biggest one being we are going to be getting Kaladesh and uh, Best of Three play going forward. Yep. Those are the two big ones. I mean, I I honestly think that Best of Three makes things much more like actual standard than Kaladesh does, honestly, because one of the, the, the arena metagame for those of you who haven't played is like a lot of mono red and a lot of blue white control with or without approach of the second sun. And so when you can't sideboard, you can all cannot build a deck that beats both of those decks. <laughs> yeah, it is, it is an interesting functionality of, uh, of arena versus actual well, magical on or paper magic is the sideboard is an enormously important component of tournament play. It's not that important if you're playing casual with your buddies. It's not even really important for limited play, though. I mean, a card or two here and there matters. But really, if you're talking about high level 60 card one on one, best of three, you can't do it without a sideboard. Yeah, I mean, best of three, I think, is what takes Magic Arena from what it is right now as like, you know, a cute you know, Hearthstone competitor that uses magic cards into something that like a competitive magic player could actually be interested in. So actually, you know, let's start there because uh, those, those of you that are listening to this, some of you have probably heard Alex and I talk about arena, but we haven't really talked about it a whole lot. It hasn't been something that comes up. So, well, yeah, cause you can't play modern on it in right. the foreseeable future. Yeah. Which is going to eventually change. I'm sure. But 
for now, uh, I, I want to just give a quick little five minute crash course on kind of exactly what Arena is and how it functions before we do talk about the, the changes to announcement and what it potentially means for eventually it including modern. Um, and, and as I mentioned in the intro coming up later, we're going to have a conversation about kind of some battle bond inspired stuff, but um, with, with cards that could maybe make it to modern. But let's first talk about Arena. So Arena was announced initially as a Hearthstone competitor, basically, uh, because Magic Online exists only for PC and is not aesthetically pleasing in the way that I think some people at this point want it to be, or even in the way that Duels has been. Right, I mean, like, Twitch is such a big part of gaming culture now and streaming, and in fact, the the Pro Tour, the Magic Pro Tour channel is is like partnered exclusively with Twitch now. So they're presumably getting some benefits from that. But I mean, at the end of the day, magic is just paper. Magic is not that fun to watch because you, it's so hard to read the cards. Right. Like if you don't play magic, you can't watch it, but you get all these people tuning into hearthstone and overwatch and league of legends and Fortnite streams who didn't, don't play the game, don't have any interest in playing the game, but they just get to be a part of this community because you know, those are games that are fun to watch. So magic is trying to get in on that. What the hell? What like so Fortnite? I like all I see ever now is people tweeting and writing about Fortnite. Like it's like like I miss the memo when this like went from being like that game people were talking about to like is just is it just the biggest game out there now? I think it is. Yeah, I mean part of it is that it's free. Yeah, great. It just happens like so fast. the fact that you can download a complete game and not have to like microtransaction your way into having a good deck or whatever or yeah. grind a bunch. Like you literally can download Fortnite for free. And as soon as it's done downloading, you can open the game and get the full game experience. And that's not something you see nowadays for free. <laughs> like, like the whole, I know like the Drake thing was like a really big deal for Fortnite. Like there's been a couple. Oh yeah, that too. <laughs> there was like a couple of things like brought it onto the mainstream radar. Yeah. And I don't mean to say guys that I'm like all knowing. So the fact that it was off my radar means that it took forever. It's just like, you know, if you spend enough time on Twitter and in the media space, obviously I do the magic stuff, I do the movie stuff. So I, I am fairly aware of like entertainment and media. I have relationships to IGN and places so when something like Fortnite seemingly comes out of nowhere, and then when I look on Twitter and I have like a lot of the verified accounts I follow talking about it, it makes me feel like I missed the memo. Yeah. I, well, a lot of it, too, is it's really popular among kids. And I mean, this probably isn't showing up on your Twitter. But one of the things that I think contributes to its like cultural ubiquity is that it's like before it, there was PUBG. And that was right. like one of the more popular games on Twitch and Fortnite totally overtook it because it's free and it's just cartoony enough that kids can convince their parents to let them play it. Interesting. Yeah. Like my wife is a middle school teacher and all of her kids are like playing Fortnite and like Alex and I went for career day as like the cool toy company guys. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and we, uh, and, uh, kids were like, you know, we said we make games and we're like really into games. Um, and they were like, Oh, do you guys play Fortnite?" Like yeah. that was like the big question in the classes that we went to because like kids are super into it because it's like pretty cartoony, even though it's a shooter. So their parents will let them play it. <laughs> so like what you're saying is if I want to be able to like relate to the masses, I need to start playing Fortnite. I'm not a big fan of it, yeah. honestly. But, oh, really? I mean, okay. it might be worth a shot. It's free. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, let's stay on topic here. So uh, back to sort of the, the adoption of, of these, these online games and, and what's going on with them. Uh, with Arena, you know, it, it was introduced the way that it was, and it was supposed to compete with Hearthstone. It's in beta. It's, it's, if you are confused, it's not out there yet. You can't just like play it. It's, you can play it. You can it. go to, uh, I believe it's playmtgarena.com or just Google MTG Arena. But, um, but you, can, you can try and get into the beta if you're not already in just to check it out. Uh, yeah. 
I did. I got in pretty early because uh, I had been working at a store and people yeah. who were working at stores got priority just because they're kind of a nexus for Magic News for their player player base. So right. if you, as a store employee, are playing Magic Arena, then you are like, you know, giving information to all your players. So I got in early probably due to that. <laughs> sure. So yeah, I, I, I've looked at it a little bit. I've watched some of the streams, um, but I haven't actually messed around with the beta myself. What I find the most interesting about Content it... Content creators have priority too. You could probably get in. Alex is in. No, I, I know. know I mean, we, plays we, it, we, we got invited early, but I mean, for the same reason, I've never played Moto. Like sure. Alex has been trying to get me to stream my stupid bruise on Moto for years and I've never done it. So, Oh man, you can get a lot of viewers for that, I bet. Yeah, maybe. We've, I mean, I've, I've <laughs> definitely... If you're listening to this and you're like, hey, you know what? I want to see your stupid bruise on, on Moto. Uh, I guess tweet at me, Ben Bateman Media, if you want to, if you want to see that. Uh, I have some sweet ones I'm working on right now. I have like I think last time you were on, I talked a little bit about my counters, uh, right, right of passage deck that I want to. I might take it to Vegas. I might try to build that deck and play it in Vegas. Sadisi, right. so you can search for it. Sweet. Um, anyway, so uh, but but getting back to to arena. So the big announcements were basically that yeah, the the best of three play is coming, uh, and that Kaladesh, and they're they're giving away a bunch of cards. Uh, with the introduction of Kaladesh, yeah, which so is interesting. Once Kaladesh comes out, uh, everybody who already has an account gets, and maybe future accounts, I don't know, the announcement wasn't super clear on it, but you get two of each uh, common, two of each uncommon, one of each rare, one of each mythic, and play sets of 15 select cards. Now, why this is significant is because it does not function like Moto, uh, where there's a secondary economy where you can buy singles. So, as we all know, these are it's a limited card pool in Magic, but it still is Magic. So, if you want to build a deck, and your deck is supposed to have 4x Teferi, and you can't just buy Teferi, it's going to be really difficult for you to get those cards. Not that he's legal yet, but that's a thing that has existed. So, them introducing Kaladesh and giving away a lot of cards is going to make actually adopting this format and playing decks a little easier for new players? Yeah, I mean, I think part of the other reason that they're giving away free Kaladesh cards also is because when Standard rotates, and presumably there will be, well, I think that they've said at some point there will be some type of arena-exclusive format where you can just play with all the cards that exist on Arena. But right now, you're playing Standard, and Standard is going to rotate in the fall, and it's possible that sometime around then this will be out of beta. They haven't announced any timelines for that, but... You know, there's going to be an account wipe and there's going to be standard rotation and all these bad things are going to befall Kadesh, Kaladesh probably within the next few months. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, OK, so now now that we've got kind of gotten that part of it out of the way, uh, just to be clear with everybody, you know, grinding to get all of the cards is a lot of work. It's um, it's not set up yet in a way to totally mirror Magic Online and Magic Online is a successful product that is selling JPEGs. So, like, they're not going to abolish that for the sake of aesthetic aestheticism if that's a word yeah i mean that's one of the reasons that i think that you know a lot of people are saying like oh well this is just going to replace magic online and eventually they're going to introduce the modern card pool and maybe even the legacy vintage card pool but but i'm not so sure about that i mean i think that there's a lot from this game both interface wise and behind the hood that they're going to be able to implement into magic online but i just can't imagine them you know, switching to this. This to me is not meant to be a Magic Online competitor. It's meant to be, because why compete with yourself in this space? I think it's meant to be a Hearthstone competitor where it's meant to be something that you can eventually play on your iPad or you can play on a Mac. uh, And it's meant to be like, you know, a little bit quicker. You don't have to, 
you know, sit down and join a best of three queue. You can just play one game of magic and have, you know, get your daily reward or whatever. Right. Um, and, and I think that something like that is more conducive to these like quick match limited and constructed that they have, but the best of three allows somebody who is a more competitive player who wants to just kind of grind free matches of standard or draft, be able to do that with, with a little bit of grinding to get your deck up to snuff. But you know, I've been playing arena for a while and I have been kind of slow to spend my wild cards because I want to eventually have some kind of top tier standard. But I don't want to like, you know, spend my wild cards on Karns, but then not really have like a good deck to put Karn into. Right. So I'm kind of hoarding wild cards, just playing like very few rares, white, black vampires. <laughs> sweet, sweet. But you know, like playing best of three with very few rares, black, white vampires, you can still get Some somewhat wins. close to a competitive standard deck. But the sideboard really helps because like. Right now, I have to tune my deck with like a bunch of moment of cravings and stuff to beat mono red. But then I play against some type of Teferi nonsense with Lyra Dawnbringer or whatever, and, and I'm like, "Oh, nice moment of craving." <laughs> yeah, dope. Yeah, you could play that new uh, not moment of. Oh, I guess yeah, it's not legal yet, so you moment of craving. Um, so uh, but anyway, uh, that's kind of what's going on with the with the past. Now the future, as you just were alluding to, um. We have seen magic develop in our lifetime. We've talked a lot about it. So we kind of know that in reality, uh, the long-term plan is always to kind of get magic to that next place. It's like that's always, what, that's always what Wizards' plan is. They're always looking ahead by a few years. Obviously, design the cards ahead of time. So just like Modern had its next steps in mind when they first introduced the format, you have to assume that Arena will have its next steps in mind if it is a successful product. And they won't want to just contain it to standard Eventually, they'll want to, even if it starts with something like Extended, for instance, some sort of Arena Extended, eventually yeah. we will probably get to, the, to that point. And I think today's whole topic really, you know, we're going to have this conversation here about, about digital. And then when Craig comes on the show, we're going to have a conversation kind of about uh, Eternal cards that are printed, the difference between Modern and Legacy, and the width and depth of those differences and how close modern is getting to legacy slowly but surely over time. There's so few things that even separate the formats. Um, it's kind of like the, the further you go down the path, the more similar everything in Magic gets. I know that was a very like long-winded, tangented way of saying, you know, the, the longer you go, the closer modern and legacy go, right? The longer arena exists the way it exists, the more like extended it gets. And the more like extended it gets, the more like modern it gets. That is so, true. It's kind of one of those things. I mean, it'll you- always be missing a few staples, but at a certain point, you know, eight years down the road, right. if Arena is like successful, maybe not even as success- successful as Hearthstone, but if it kind of, you know, the distance between Hearthstone and the, whatever the second place TCG is, be it Elder Scrolls Legends right. or Eternal or whatever, there's a big gap there that Magic Arena can fit right into. I don't know that it'll ever be able to beat Hearthstone because it's such an established brand. Right. Even if it becomes like a mobile game. Uh, that that looks great and people are streaming it. Uh, but, you know, being second to Hearthstone, I don't think would be an awful place to be. And, and if we're there in, you know, five years plus, we, we're we getting pretty close to having oh, Modern. I think that uh, Magic could catch up to Hearthstone. If this product, I don't think it's going to happen in a year, but if this product is successful, the difference between Hearthstone and what Hearthstone does well and Magic and what Magic does well, you just said it yourself. It's such an established brand. Magic is an established brand. Brand. I mean, that is true because the number of people that let's just say don't play Hearthstone and never have played Hearthstone that are resistant to the idea of playing Hearthstone, if they Certainly were to, a if, different game, if you were to say to them, remember that game Magic you played? It's like you used to say you're like a 44 year old dude. And you're like, remember that game you played Magic when you were growing up? Well, now you can play it on your phone and it's free to get started. 
and they might just be like, okay, sure. And if it's just as good as Hearthstone in that sense, like I don't know, the long term yeah. barrier to entry is not as crazy as well, you'd think. And I think that they are trying to you know, uh, appeal to a little bit older audience. One of the big like controversies on Twitter has been, uh, the economy updates that are coming with Kaladesh and best of three. I mean, I think Kaladesh and best of three are what takes, takes the game as it is now as just a Hearthstone competitor and makes it something that's actually magic because I think magic with no, you know, as a competitive player, right? Magic with no sideboards is, significantly less appealing to me, especially because when the game is designed, it's designed for tournament play using sideboards and it's designed for casual players as well. But what you run into on magic arena, as long as you've climbed a couple of ranks, uh, is not casual. You are playing against standard decks, uh, except that you don't have a sideboard. <laughs> right. So, so I think that that's the most important thing, but these economy updates, you know, they change it a little bit each time. And one of the things they mention. Uh, in their post that was one of the more controversial lines was that they recognize that currently the current magic arena economy is generally more expensive than, than a lot of their close competitors, namely probably hearthstone and eternal and elder scrolls legends and Gwent and whatever. Um, but they say it's because they are offering much more. And that's something that I think is rings very true. I'm, I know that there are a lot of people who played Hearthstone in the early days or have played Hearthstone at some point, maybe off and on, maybe not. Maybe they just quit once and for all. But it's because like there's not much to Hearthstone. Like there's two formats. They're not really that different. You know, like uh, there's Arena, which is... I, I played Hearthstone for a solid year. I played quite a bit of it on my phone. and it was, Yeah, I mean, it's nice that you can play on your phone. It was fun enough. I like totally did it to pass the time, and I enjoyed it for a while, and it was cool. It was relatable. Like I talked yeah. to a lot of people that played it, so it was like a fun thing, but I definitely got to that point where I was like... I understood that each of the things that I found interesting were like severely reduced versions of things about magic yeah. that I found interesting. I mean, magic just has a lot more longevity because it has that complexity where you can like be constantly exploring and finding new ideas and, and, um, yeah, I mean, and, and there is the existence of like multiple formats in magic as well, that once you get this larger card pool, you're going to have some type of arena extended and you'll have standard and draft and sealed and who knows what other kind of wacky, you know, formats they'll come up with that you could play <laughs> yeah i mean like druid has like i remember i remember like messing around looking at like building decks and i think it's druid where you, there's like the mana card it's like a zero it's like basically zero it's it's a zero cost acceleration spell mm-hmm. and i remember looking at that just being like this is interesting to me but like i need to be able to see like 29 iterations of this spell in different ways with cut co- with like causalities and <laughs> well yeah in magic and, and you're like, not going to get that unless we introduce all of magic but or all of modern yeah, I mean, but, but yeah i mean t- totally but but it, like there's just a i'm okay with standard because i've played magic for so long so when i see cards it's like i understand the interactions i don't know the, the puzzle that is is magic is just and i'm not trying to be a snob here but it's just like very well developed and that those complexities that don't exist in hearthstone like the things like no instance and the being replaced by secrets or they're just you know the, the less cards stuff like that like the one mana per turn it's great for for picking up the game but the variance between one game to another is so much less because of it yeah you know yeah well, I mean, there's there's not as much to experience in these other games as there is the Magic, and I think that's that. I mean, that's obviously the strength of Magic and why we all play it. But it does mean that Arena has a lot of potential in that in that area, yes. as long as they're able to cross the initial hurdle of this game. It's it's too difficult for me to acquire cards, so I'm going to stick to Hearthstone, right? right? I mean, they if they can overcome that, 
Like, I think the longevity of Magic is obviously much greater than that of any of these other games. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, it will be very interesting to consider, because, like, all right, so getting back to that point a second ago about how much has changed uh, in the, the comparison between Modern and Legacy since the introduction of Modern, right? We've, we've talked about this before. It's like, I think Modern was introduced in 2011, 20, mm-hmm. end of 2010, 2011. So it's now we're in, like, year seven, year seven, year eight uh, since yeah. its introduction, Think about some of the staples that exist in modern that have been introduced since the introduction of modern. Like some of the most important ones. You have you have cards like Fatal Push, which is like obviously just like a staple it of the format. Completely changed the format. That the whole format's different now. I mean, if you think about just even some of the top decks, you think about like I'm pretty certain Steel Overseer was printed after the introduction of modern. Uh, it's I think it's close to it. Yeah, right right Snap around Snapcaster was after or I was Snapcaster just before? That was right around that time. Snapcaster and Liliana both were right around that time. Uh, you think about the entire con, the whole Eldrazi deck, all of those Eldrazi, the good ones, the new ones. They yeah, were all yeah, printed the, since. The, you know, you were you could cast Emrakuls at the beginning, but it wasn't a a good strategy. The real good Eldrazi strategy is Thought Not Seer and friends. Right. I mean, you have like there are there are so many cards like Voice of Resurgence. Like there are cards. It's not like we're dealing with mostly the old powerful cards, and then like the standard cards they try to balance. It's like there are a lot of cards that have been printed since that make an impact, a massive impact on modern. Um, and you just have to think as that continues to happen. And they continue to print those powerful cards into standard that make modern look that way. Five years from now, if we're playing arena, we might be looking at a format that feels pretty high power level. It's it, true. It wouldn't really surprise me. You know, there are a very high number. It's certainly a lot of the staples. Oh, and you know, like, uh, sorry, I, I thought of Gurmag Angler. I mean, totally changed the format. That's Asager, a card that... Angler, Kolagon's Command, like... Well, Gurmag Angler in particular is a card that, like, you know, one of the defining cards of modern pre-Angler was Tarmogoyf. Yep. And it took people a while to catch on to Angler, but, you know, now that card that's, like, old, hard-to-find, expensive is just, like, getting totally smashed by Angler. And people are still playing Goyf somewhat, but the yeah. Angler totally changed the meta, too. And, you know, there's only a couple... Fatal push angler type cards that need to make it into Magic Arena before it starts to look right. Spell Queller. You know. I mean, like there, you look at these cards and you think when they first come out, like, oh, that's a cool card, that's a fun idea. I mean, and then you start to look back and people adopt what's powerful, and you start to realize that like it just takes three or four sets strung together to start to have some real high power. Yeah. So it, it, it's an interesting comparison. It's it's definitely something I'm going to be paying Kaladesh attention to. Kaladesh is a really high powered block. Um, I mean, yeah, in, Kaladesh in the grand a t- scheme of things, it has a lot of like combo pieces that didn't quite get there it has energy which had to get banned from standard it has the sahili felidar combo which is playable in modern it has yeah i mean barely but i love sure people are people are playing it i love it you know that i want that to be a A lot of the like kiki jiki evolution decks are kind of like yeah getting sometimes they're dipping their toe in a little bit of sahili action i mean yeah eldritch evolution is really good i mean yeah again you just keep we could keep naming cards all day that have made an impact traverse the ovenwald like there's a lot of cards that have been printed since that have made a very very large impact so yeah so anyway that's block card (laughs) i think that will probably wrap up our discussion of uh of of arena and the updates and what the future of arena maybe looks like i'm excited for it i definitely think that there's real potential there uh for for me to get involved and i i just want to be able to play mtg on my phone and yeah i mean it's still in beta so you know there's a lot of people ranting on twitter about how you know their philosophy for the economy is so awful and this and that and of course they're just doing this to try and get wizard's ear but don't let all that stuff scare you away from the game because it is it, it 
is pretty good and it is in beta, you know, like they are going to make changes before it comes out definitively to the economy, to the, you know, the way that you acquire cards and the speed at which you acquire cards and all that stuff is going to change. And at the end of the day, when it's done changing, you get to play magic maybe on your phone, right? (laughs) You know? Yep. Um, all right. I think that's going to wrap that up. So Michael, thank you for joining and talking about it. Uh, stay tuned guys. We are going to be talking about, uh, some battle bond stuff, some, some commander stuff, uh, but mostly kind of about, uh, as we start to see more and more of these powerful reprints and powerful cards come out in supplemental sets, what's it going to take for some for some of us to be like, all right, is there going to be another format at some point that isn't priced out like Legacy that includes these cards and modern cards? Or can we get these cards into modern somehow? What are the most interesting ones that we should see crossover? Because there are so many of them now that are so cool. I know these multiplayer product cards, every time I see them in Legacy, it's always like very exciting. And it would be really cool if... You know, it's always the discussion of like, should they introduce cards into modern that they wouldn't introduce right. into standard? I mean, the, the classic is Baleful Strix, but I'll, I'm, we're going to bring Craig Blanchett on, uh, who is command zone guy, in just a second to talk about all this. So, Michael, thank you for hanging out. Uh, we'll be right back, guys. All right, I want to thank Michael for coming on the show again today. Uh, I would want to remind everybody here, check out the Command Zones, our sister podcast, Jimmy Wong, Josh Lee Kwai. They do sweet commander content every week. They've got a, a podcast, a YouTube channel. They're available on collected.company, just like we are. And they also do a show called Game Nights, which is a great show. And, uh, you know, they, I was on Game Nights just recently. Alex was on the show as well. Uh, it's it's a super great show. And they always do new, new cards from new sets on there. So you can check out that whole thing. Uh, but anyway, guys, that's going to that's gonna wrap that up. So, so stay tuned. I've got Craig Blanchett coming on here in just a second to talk to us about commander products uh eternal products and sort of the availability of those cards eventually in the modern card pool when we might see that and what it would mean for modern if we did all right thanks for listening guys be right back and we are back i've got craig blanchett here on the line craig you haven't been on the podcast in years is that true uh i don't know if i've ever been on the masters of modern you were on an early episode of like a set review i remember at Pro- the, okay. we talked about like in fact maybe like did like a deck tech or something this, this a, was years ago i mean we've yeah. been on the podcast for three and a half years so you probably came on three years ago yeah yeah that but, sounds about right yeah i'm sure it had something to do with infect yeah 100 percent. yeah i was like hey craig you want to come on the show today you're like can we talk about infect exactly <laughs> can we talk about pump spells exactly yeah, exactly and um so uh no no why i wanted to have you on the show today is so you do a lot of work with command zone Yes, um, I edit their video podcast for yep. the YouTubes. And you've been on uh, Game Nights a bunch of times. I have. I think more than anybody, although Mel has done quite a few at this point. So uh, what, the reason I wanted to bring you on today, we just finished up with Michael Grothy talking about Arena and kind of uh, right now it's such a limited card pool and how as we get further and further down the line, if they start to think about the number of cards that are available in Arena that format starts to look less and less like standard, which is just how modern was when we introduced modern, right? Like when they first introduced it in 2011, it was a pretty narrow card pool. It was powerful, more powerful than standard, but nothing like legacy. Now, seven or eight years later, you have all these cards that have been introduced, everything from Fatal Push to Spellqueller, Colgon's Command, Tassiger. Like the format is now rampant with cards that have been printed since the introduction of modern. So the point is eventually there needs to be a new modern. Is that... Yes, you're ahead of me. So the idea is like when they started Commander Product back in like 20, not 2009 or 10, whatever it was, I think in 2010 was the first year. Some of those cards were cool. Like we had a few new cards printed. There are, you know, obviously Champion's Helm and Command Tower and cards like that that are, those are like Commander staples in those early products. But over the years, we've started to see cards like True Name Nemesis and cards like Leovold like start to really dominate Legacy. Like they've become very, very powerful cards. Flusterstorm. Baleful Strix, you know. Right. It was almost like they were using that to limit the amount of cards available 
right to to those legacy players and really drive up kind of sales. I'm sure they seem to be looking at cross platform play. You know, much more these days. Yeah. And try to incorporate at least one card that fits each format, including Brawl now. Yeah. Which I, I'm kind of excited about it. You know, hearing Brawl. about these, well, a few things. Uh, so Gavin Ver, he wrote a few articles recently about now is the time of player feedback in Magic. And I feel like they're doing it really well. Um, Brawl is not necessarily the format for me, who, someone who's invested heavily in my EDH decks. You know, right. I've, I've invested in, you know, a lot of the like no reprint cards, blah, 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 blah. Um, but EDH can be a format where, you know, the player with the most, you know, expensive cards tends to win. And that's no fun. And so I appreciate how Brawl keeps it, you know, similar to EDH in gameplay, but allows people from all, uh, you know, um, it, from all kinds of walks of life able to play the same game and have, have it be a, comp- a competitive playing field. You know, building on top of that, also these, you know, new single-color uh, decks that are available in Target right now, where you can go in, I think they're like 30-something cards or 40 cards in the pack. Um, but what Gavin was saying in his article is you mix this up with 20 lands, and now, you know, you buy two of these packs, you know, and mix, you know, ten swamp or 20 swamps and 20 forests in with a black and green deck, and now you can, like, play, let's say, if you want to go have a picnic somewhere or something like sure, that. Sure, you're saying it's like, it's, it's an introductory product that's inexpensive that just sort of, like exists and builds itself like these these player introduction packs are the lowest level of these off-the-shelf things whereas the commander and stuff that's like sort of the highest level of the pre the pre-con well i guess event decks were that yeah right but, yeah, yeah exactly and i feel like they've kind of figured out you know what sort of products they can make and still have it sell incredibly well every you know couple months it is yeah it is a fascinating topic because like the relationship and intersection between the retail business that is Wizards of the Coast magic product, like, you know, single booster packs and these intro packs, right? There's so many products now. And the actual, like, secondary economy that's driven by competitive play means that, like, there's 10% of us that are competitive players in the world that really only care about that competitive environment. Right. And now it's modern as the most popular but standard. And then there's the rest of the world who just, like, the brand of magic. And Brawl will, will be upcoming. Yeah. And the brand of Magic the Gathering is this accessible brand that is super, super well-known worldwide now. If you see something with the Magic logo at a store, unless you're one of those 10% of people that really care about the highest level, it's all the same. Oh, it's a pack of Magic cards. It's not, oh, this is a pack of specifically legal to brawl Magic cards, or, oh, this pack can be played with these cards. It's literally, to most people, I'm going to buy this and play Magic with my friend. Well, here's, and you draw on something that's exactly right, and they want to draw on the nostalgic factor. Right. You know, a lot of people in their 30s used to play Magic back in the day. They played one or two games, but, you know, they were too young. They couldn't afford the cards back then, something like that. And now they see it, and what I like is that Wizards is making it more accessible for those players who may have this nostalgic value of Magic, and now making it easier for them to get in and actually learn how to play. Let's say they learn how to play through one of those single-color packs, right? 
And then they use those packs to build a brawl deck. And then from brawl, they say, oh, wow, you know, maybe I'll start to put together a commander deck. And now you've got somebody who's fully in the community. Um, and I appreciate how their player feedback period seems to be doing that really well. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's a, that's a smart point. So now the reason that I wanted to have you on specifically is because your awareness of these these additional products and commander products far exceeds mine. Um, I look at every single card in every single new set. I want everybody here to know uh, that that's something I do. But I actually do it for Highlander Roulette more than I do it for anything else. And see, and I don't. I don't memorize every new card when I draft. Like when I do pre-release weekends, I yeah. do terribly. Because, you don't, because I don't know the sets. I, I mean, I'll take out like removal. I'll get, you know, I'll have heavy yeah. removal because that's a good strategy, right? And, you know, I'll be like, oh, this seems splashy and fun. Well, but when I'll- it comes to limited, like, okay, so I, when I say I read every card, that's exactly what I mean, right? Like, I've read every Battlebond card, mm-hmm. I will read every Commander card. Um, yep. And the reason is because I, I want to know if there's some interaction or nuance between two cards that I didn't know existed. So I, I kind of alluded to it a second ago, but I guess the reason that I wanted to have this conversation is I do wonder, you know, eventually Legacy is going to be priced out. It's not, that's not a growing format anymore. Vintage is the same way. Modern's yeah, a growing especially format. Especially with the, the buyouts going on with the, the cards on the, the no reprint list. Yes. Yeah, so it's crazy. That's, and so that's turning Legacy now into a, a place where like, I'm not interested in playing Legacy. I don't, I don't need to buy fe- like dual lands. Like, it's just not a place that I want to play. Um, I love Modern. I think Modern's fascinating and I think Modern's expensive, but it's also, it's an accessible price point. Like, I can remember the days when Standard was, the top Standard deck was 1200 bucks or 800 or 900 and that's like you can for for that price. If pe- if people were obsessed with standard, then you can get a sick modern deck. Well, what I love is with a lot of the you know they really learn their lesson with these modern masters sets, these eternal masters sets. And what I really love, you know, the iconic masters. They're even with the battle bond, they're reprinting a lot of these modern and commander staples and spell snares in battle spells, bond, for instance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you know, the dual, the, the, the fetch lands and right. you know, the modern master 17 right. and you know, back in cons where it was just like fetch lands galore. Yep. It really made modern much more accessible, which really helped build yep, the brand the of format. magic because not everybody's into the same format. You know, I'm, I am the least... I've played a few modern games in my life. Right. I built an Infect deck that I found on top eight, you know, and it was a number one. And so I happen to have those cards. I put it together. And... But my preferred form of magic is Commander. You know, even... Even... uh, uh, What's the new one? My goodness, we were just talking about it. Battlebond? No, the new uh, format. Oh, Brawl? Brawl. Yeah. Even Brawl is like a stretch for me because it's... That's essentially standard for me. Right. Right. Um, And I could go into my reasons for not getting into Brawl, but I appreciate Brawl for getting other people into the format that I play, which is going to be EDH. These players that, you know, draft every weekend and they build up a card pool that now they can turn into a deck. Right. So so here's like my question, and it kind of alludes to what you were just getting at, but... um, there are cards in Legacy. We've done we've done the whole like what Legacy cards should be in Modern episode. That's the thing we've done, right? And that's like it's dominated by like the twelve cards that sort of separate the two formats, right? It's like Force and Days and a few other cards that are super significant. 
Swords to Plowshares, Gite. All good cards. Yeah, yeah. And, and there's a bunch. And, and we... Those are all playable in Commander as well. Yeah, of course. And and the biggest difference is, is of course, fetch lands or uh, shock lands versus dual lands. That's like really, truly the, the separation of the two formats is those two things. And then Force of Will. Sure. Now, there are a couple cards that have been printed in Commander that like... Take True Name Nemesis, for example. I don't think I'd want True Name Nemesis in modern. It just like doesn't really feel like a card I'd want to see. It's there's far fewer answers to it. It's it's fine. I mean, like if you were to put True Name Nemesis into modern, it would end up in a green blue collected company deck where like you could hit it as half of the value off company, and it, people would be like stoked on that. But like, it's just not. It wouldn't be in the Merfolk deck. No, I said a green blue Merfolk deck. Oh, that's yeah. right, because now Merfolk has green. In yeah, it. I just I'm not used to that. Okay. Yeah, so whatever. But like, that's not even the biggest problem for me. I I think like in reality, you don't get most of the problematic cards from Legacy into Modern if you add Commander. And Modern is such a low to the ground, low CMC format that like the really really insanely powerful four CMC commanders like Atraxa and Brea, like yeah, I would. If I get trapped under somebody's Atraxa deck, I'm going to feel like I'm playing against a really unfair card. And if I get trapped by somebody's Brea deck, yes, I will feel like that card is nuts. On the other hand, four drops like Jace and Bloodbraid Elf were just unbanned, and they barely impacted the format. So, like, what is there that really exists in Commander that's problematic for Modern? Okay, so are you saying we free up the Commander cards to be legal in Modern so you could do four ofs of of these cards in modern, or are you saying that we would have commanders available to us in modern? No, you wouldn't play them as commanders. Okay. So I, what I'm trying to get at is this: it used to be the difference between modern and legacy was wide. Eight years later, the difference between modern and legacy is like kind of wide, but not that wide anymore. Sure. The biggest difference it feels like now, aside from those main cards I mentioned, are the few cards in commander that pop up in legacy. So cards like Leovold, right? They're cards, the new cards that get printed with a high power level that don't interact with modern because they don't make them available. Well, and I'm I'd trying like to, to state that I feel like Leovold should be in as few formats as possible. Because it's just really, really, really unfair. I mean, Leovold is just unfun on yeah. every level. Unless you're playing him and then he's great, right? Right. So, so like my thing is, is there another format we're eventually going to see that includes more cards but not reserve list cards? Or is it eventually people, they're just going to look at modern and be like, what would actually happen if we just made all of Commander legal and modern? Like, I'm just, this is a thought experiment. This is by no means totally. a suggestion. It's just like, as I've watched these new sets get printed, you notice that the way they word the cards now, like Battle Bond is a great example, which we'll do our Battle Bond sort of retrospective review when Alex gets back from London. But um, you kind of look at it and you're like, well, okay, this is a four drop that searches for a three drop. Like this is a three drop that gets you a spell. You know, this is an Academy Rector for Planeswalkers. You're like, ah, these are all like powerful cards. Like would any of these break modern? Probably not. They're all like just fine for modern. And they're all worded so that if you wanted to play them in 1v1 play, like partner or not partner, the, uh, what's the thing where your, your buddy can pay half the cost. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, assist, assist, I think it's called. Yeah, assist. It's, you know, it's the same with, like, the draft cards from Conspiracy, where it's like, that's only relevant if you're playing it in a format where you have a partner or you are drafting. Otherwise, it's just a useless card that you'd never play. So who cares about those mechanics? They're just, nobody would play them. Well, I, th- I feel like Battle Bond wouldn't really make a difference on Modern. And I, I mean, guess Battle Bond is created for, for Commander, for sure. That's kind of my is, point, though, is like, yeah. even the cards, like the few that have been talked about the most, Baleful Strix is probably the card that in my mind has now been discussed the most times 
and doesn't yet exist in modern that should. And even that, I'm like, what the hell would Baleful Strix do to modern that would be problematic? Well, all they would have to do is print it in a core set or something, right? Yeah, yep. So, I mean, maybe that's coming, because Baleful Strix is a perfectly acceptable modern card that you could do a four of. It's that a good sense. card. I mean, yeah. I, th- I think, you know, obviously it means that, like... It's powerful. It's a 1-1 flyer that draws you a card that has death touch. I mean, it's... It's an artifact. It's it's, it's an artifact. It has with, value. With it, Tezzeret, it's, like, really... It's a 5-5 with the Tezzeret. Like, you know, it blocks anglers and goyfs and Ooh. stuff, so, like... Yeah, yeah it, it gets better and better the more you say about it, yeah. Yeah, and that's the reason it hasn't existed yet. Some people have thought it's right on the edge of power level, but I guess my, my point sort of at this point is, like, modern feels like the sandbox that I can plan, that I can kind of do whatever I want. And the cards that are in Legacy that don't exist in modern, that will never be in modern, I'm happy that they'll never be in modern. Like, I don't... There's certain cards I just, like, don't really need. I don't need there to be, like, that level of craziness. Sure. But at a certain point... Vintage and Legacy will be considered the same level of, like, irrelevance to most Magic players. There'll be these, like, archaic, kind of like, okay, you're doing this thing that doesn't feel like playing regular Magic. I think the paper version, you're right, but they, in their reprint policy, allow digital reprints. And I think that that's something that they're going to tackle with Arena. Right. Um I, th- I think we're going to see that in Arena as opposed to MTG Online. So you think, Unless actually... Unless they leave it on MTG Online, and that's like... It's interesting to... to I mean, what what the heck are they going to do about that, right? They've got two online versions of Magic right now. You know, is MTG Online going to be the collector's version, and that's where the vintage and legacy is going to be played? Or are they going to do it on Arena? Or are they going to do it on both? Um, you know, I know there's already value to some of the vintage masters, uh, vintage reprints that they've done, like the Black Lotus online on MTGO right. and stuff like that. Is that worth money? Uh, it, like, maybe a hundred bucks. It's been a while since I've looked. Wow, a but black, they were like a JPEG of Black Lotus is a worth JPEG of Black Lotus is somewhere somewhere between forty and a hundred, and it's probably more than that right now. That's insane. I mean, Magic is a growing <laughs> thing. I can't believe that. You know, and who is that, you know, is the MTGO version yeah. going to be the alpha version, you know, and you can translate <laughs> it over to like, you know, to arena at a certain point? Because eventually they're going to have to drop support for MTGO, right? No. I, I, you don't think so? I, well, I, could, I asked that question. We just had Michael on and he was talking about... Um, kind of how they're different products now and like they're, it's clear that like Arena is supposed to be the Hearthstone competitor whereas like MTGO yeah, is supposed it's on to like be a phone and stuff yeah MTGO is supposed to be the like nuts and bolts like secondary economy online version of Magic so the people that are heavily invested in MTGO probably have no interest in leaving MTGO um, now he could be wrong and it'll take years though is the thing it'll take it, it would be five years in my mind before Arena would have enough uh, sort of like it would be five years before I think Arena had like enough miles on it that they could start to think about a way to actually transition. But isn't that the exact issue that we were just talking about with modern? Uh, it's become saturated. It was seven years ago, but now seven years later, or ten years later, that it's you now, mean that it's a powerful format. Well, that it's it's basically like ah, oh, we'll think about that five years from now. Oh no, I don't and think. Then I think they were fully aware of what was going to happen to modern, and I think it's great. Like I think what's happened to modern is not a problem. It's a that's a boon. It's great. Like okay, uh, so every, you don't think there needs to be a modern two? 
No, no, no. I, I, that's okay. not, I was like more suggesting it in excitement as I sort of like look at it. You're right. You're more thinking about, Hey, let's open modern up. Like, well, because I guess my point is I know that there are cards I wouldn't want, but that's okay. Cause there's a ban list. And if, if modern's ban list expanded by 11 cards, because there's like a few commanders and like true name nemesis that you're just like, I don't really need that in the format. It doesn't feel like most of what you'd see get printed out of plane chase or whatever arch enemy or any of the commander sets would really mess with the format conspiracy like it's mostly and i can say this as somebody because i play highlander roulette and any set right. that has a foil that foil is legal in highlander well the only thing i think where you'd find brokenness would be in the four ofs you yeah. know i think you're onto something with the true name nemesis but that's a legacy deck you know and that's why there's something right. to the four ofs or the you know the baleful strix the four of and that makes it really really powerful um, now you've got this replacement effect that can kill stuff that can turn into a five, five with Tezzeret and that's nuts. Um, the, I think, yeah, where you'd find the brokenness would be with the four ofs. I think if it were, you know, the Highlander roulette is kept to a, a singleton format. And I think that kind of helps in the balancing act of these powerful cards, but I don't know the four of format enough to know what commander products would be really good for ofs. I think this but, is, this is an interesting point actually in the podcast for those of you that are listening, this is a good thing to tweet at us about. So, uh, you know, we, we mentioned before, but, uh, check out the Facebook group, you know, the masters of modern Facebook group is like 4,000 people in there. Um, some of you listen to the podcast, some of you are just modern players, but you can start a thread in there or tweet at us at the MM cast is the other good place. Um, and let us know, you know, like tweet at the, at the podcast and, and let us know, do you think we're onto something? Is there sort of a modern, a modern two, uh, I don't even know what we would call it, that should include commander cards uh, with a small band list because are we getting to the point now? I mean, how many commander sets are we looking at, Craig? Oh, it was 11, 13, 15, and 17. There's four commander products now that have been released? Like sets of commanders themselves? Well, like the, the decks. There's like always, like they release four or six at the same oh, time. Oh, my goodness. I mean, well, so I started playing commander about six years ago. And when I started playing was when they came out with the Kalia and uh, the Carador. The first one. Yeah. Is that the, the first, first one? one? That's yep. the one that had bon, bon, not Bantu, the Greathearted, right? The, uh, no, no, Bantu is the different set. The, the, yeah, different Z, set. Zed, Zedru, the Zedru, yep. The, yeah, the Greathearted. Yep. Yeah, the, yeah. The Team America guy that gives people stuff. Yes, yep. that was the first one. Yeah, I remember fun. that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think it's six at this point, and maybe this year would make seven, but plus... You have Commander Anthology. You have the the second version of the Commander Anthology. Uh, you have what's the one with the, all the foils? Commander's Arsenal. Commander's Arsenal. Um, yeah, there's then a lot you of have, Commander products. You know, basically, Battle Bond is a Commander expansion set. I am, yeah. you know, it's it's a refill pack for Commander with doubling season and all this. You Commander, know. Commander 13, 14, 15, 16, and seventeen. So. Yeah, you, there's been six Commander deck things released, yep. and then you have the anthologies. Yeah, I mean, so many. Yep. Plus two conspiracy sets. It's yep. like, truthfully, how many... That's crazy to They've me. fully embraced the format, and it's and it's been great, you yep. know? Um, I want to see the Surge mechanic again. Surge is sweet. Yep. Uh, yeah, there's a few things. Yeah, that's really interesting. So I, I, I wonder. So yeah, guys, if you're listening, tweet at us or let us know, you know, what are the list of the cards that you think would be most problematic? The ones that you think would have no place in modern that it could exist as a four of would ruin the format because I'm trying to figure that out and trying to convince myself 
you know, the power level is so high in modern now with so much one and two CMC stuff. I just don't know what really exists in those supplemental formats that would really mess with the format that much. To me, it's, it feels honestly like what I'm eventually looking at is I would love to just see the, the, the supercharged modern with no, you know, cr- no legacy insanity. And that's just becomes modern. Cause at a certain point I want to be able to play paper and I want to be able to play paper with all of the available cards that aren't, you know, old, old, old cards that are never going to see a reprint. So just yeah, my opinion. Right. All right, guys, I think that's going to wrap up the conversation today about, uh, sort of the expanded commander, what have you with modern. I want to thank Craig for, for coming by. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks for having me. Uh, do you like do the social stuff if people want to follow along with you or no? Yeah. You yeah. Craig Blanchett. I've got followers. Okay, I, sweet. uh, you know, long live Phyrexia. Okay, sweet. I will, I will be sending out a lot of stuff about, you know, Phyrexia is the best plane. Okay, sweet. Excellent, yeah. excellent. Craig's an infect player, uh, if that wasn't obvious. Um, yep. And uh, yeah, guys, thanks for listening. If you want to follow me personally, you can find me at Ben Bateman Media, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, check out Nerds and Suits on Anchor um, or anywhere, actually, for that matter. Just look up Nerds and Suits movies. You'll find me on Spotify, iTunes, all, all the podcast places. You can get my movie reviews and news all throughout the week. Thanks for listening. We'll be back. Alex will be back from London. You'll have a, a regular show with the regular original host of this show back. Um, thanks, Craig. See you guys. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator.